This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm still in Norman, Oklahoma, in this tiny home, staring out the window at my future home. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 20th, episode 2417, brought to you by Kemen Industries. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. That's right, Glenn. I'm so close. I think we could be like a week out from you moving. You were supposed it. to use your forced vacation last week to move. What happened? Um, yeah, I don't really get a say in that. But here's what <laughs> did happen during the vacation you forced me to take unpaid was that um, I seriously got internet to that house. I think they 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 had to work on the fiber internet, and I lost it at this house for days. And oh. I think it's all. Back up and running. I was well, like, see, oh my so God, I'm going to worked go. out. You wouldn't have been on the show anyway. <laughs> well, I was going to have to. I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to go next week to my in-laws and do the house because now they have fiber as opposed to dial up. Oh, really? Yes. I, when you did it from your in-laws. We barely had a signal. <laughs> it was like. I was not allowed to touch anything while I was on the air. So it was it was painful. There was some. No, some if people... your grandfather decided to look up the farm futures, we were screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty painful. <laughs> was my father-in-law, it was my, my Chad's dad. I was doing it from their house. And oh my God, it'd be like, turn off your Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> You're sucking out all of my juice. It was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the things we do in Oklahoma. It's like that's, I want to tell you, I feel better though. I listen to the most popular tech podcast out there. And some of their guests have internet and Skype problems when they're on the air. And they sound exactly like when we have internet and Skype problems. And it makes me feel so good. Uh, yes, when other people fail, we yes. appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, we've had some pretty terrible, like, technology on this show. So, you know, Over the years, I think we're getting it challenge. ironed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, on today's show, we have Kitty Loman, who is of Wild Mustang Mentoring, and she speaks to us about how she is getting Mustangs and kids together. Uh, Megan's with us. She is the director of Equitana USA, and she gives us an update on the status of that event that's coming up in September. And we have some equestrian first world problems. So that's all what we have coming up. That's a lot. I mean, people had a lot of catching up to do with their equestrian first world problems. Oh, did they? Yeah, well, we were off for a week, so... uh, 
Yeah, I imagine they did. Uh, and also, congratulations to Lisa Waisaki of the Horse Nutrition Podcast. Uh, that's the Purina Show here on the Horse Radio Network. They're a finalist in the podcast category of the of the AHP Podcast Awards or the Media Awards. So congratulations to Lisa for that. Go, Lisa. Let's hope she wins. Also, uh, it's time for Daily Winnies. <laughs> Well, my daily Winnie, I went back as far as I could, people, so don't forgive me if I miss some. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> well, my happy birthdays go out to auditors Rebecca Brasher, Haley Clements, and Hannah Herrera. Also, it's Elisa Wallace's birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday to Elisa. That can't be all of them. You missed some. I, I went back as far as I that Facebook would let me, and that's what I found. Don't forgive him. Send him a strongly worded letter if he forgot your Send birthday. Send it to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> let's just, let's talk about something here. Um, I'm going to use my daily Whitney as a vehicle to talk uh -oh. to, what? I just said, uh-oh. Anytime you say I'm going to use my daily winnings <laughs> as a vehicle, it concerns me. <laughs> Why? Why? And I know there's some of you out there, and I know you're listening right now, and I think you're crazy. Who and why are those people putting their children in their homes and schooling them regularly on a daily basis? Oh, you mean the homeschool people? Why do you do that? It's not, it's not worth it. I it's saw the picture of your child it. crying and I've determined that you're failing at that, huh? Um, see, and then other people, after I posted that, so I posted a picture of my child having an utter fit at the kitchen table. Um, I'm pretty sure he was, oh, he was like half dressed. He finally put some clothes on, um, to sit down and do some, just some book work, some workbook stuff. And people started sending me after I posted that this is how long you should be doing it for. Like, obviously you're doing it too long. Obviously you're pushing him too hard. I'm like, this is when we sat down. This is the, I want you to sit down and do this work. And I took him off his Nintendo switch that his father <laughs> got him and sat down for five minutes. And that is what I get. So all of you think that I'm like, obviously working my child too hard. Suck it because this, there's nothing <laughs> fun about homeschooling your child. And those of you that homeschool your child, you're lying to yourself right now. Okay. <laughs> you're not enjoying it. Imagine sending them off to school and they're gone from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Do you know how much horseback riding you can do in that amount of time? It's crazy. So those of you <clears throat> that are enjoying this time at home, all of this with your children and all of you that are sitting there going, Oh my God, I love this time with my kids. I'm like really getting close to them and I'm getting to know them so well. You're lying to yourself and you have a drinking problem. <laughs> Do you think that teachers, this would be a good time for them to go in for raises, wouldn't it? Because they have a whole new respect from all the parents in America. See, here's the thing. Teachers, that's their job. Okay. Like teachers are amazing. I think what they do is amazing. I, we had, we had like one meet and greet on uh, like one, uh, call where a Google classroom, the whole classroom is in. that's fine. That is amazing. Teachers are awesome. 
What's not awesome is a woman who is has to be a teacher at home who's not trained to do it, who also has to be a mother, who also has to work from home and do all of these roles and then grocery shop. Oh, my God, because you can't go out to food. You got to like grocery shop every week for like a million dollars. Good Lord. You may be spending have, have, nothing has on prices gas. going up out there. It seems like my grocery bill got bigger because it just you know seems why? like everything costs more. Everything costs more because you're not doing anything else. So <laughs> here's the thing. Your gas, your gas, zero yeah, that's entertainment, true. zero, but by God, going to the grocery store is $1,200 a week. I mean, what is happening here? So anyway, um, and we used to go is... out like three times a week to eat. So I imagine I'm saving probably a hundred plus a week just on that. You would think that, but you're spending 700 a week at <laughs> groceries. I don't understand. I'm like, well, I go through the store. I'm like, I need that. Obviously I need that. I need all of those things. Can, can I just tell cup. you, we now have for the first time ever in our history, living out here eight years, nine years, we have one thing that will deliver out here and it's our grocery store now through Instacart. We'll come out to our neighborhood only because our everybody in our neighborhood begged. So I don't even have to go to the grocery store. I just go online. Although I will say it takes some of the fun out of it, but there's a horse woman that does our deliveries of groceries out here. So uh, I was chatting with her when she came out. So hello, if she's listening. I um, called Papa John's, man. I am, Can and, you get pizza and, delivery? They're on campus and I live six miles from campus. Okay. Six miles. And every street is a mile. So there's like, I'm at, I'm at just past 60th street. The next street is down a mile down is 48th. And then it, so a 36 and so on. So it goes like 12 blocks is one mile. And so I'm just outside 60th street. So I call Papa John's. I'm like, Hey the guys like, hello, Papa John's, you know, can you hold, hold for 10 minutes? He gets back on. He's like, Hey, what can I, what can I get you? I said, hi, I really would like to have some pieces delivered. Do you guys deliver? Um, 60, like just past 60th. Uh, I'm sorry. Do what? I said, do you deliver past 60th? You mean way out there in the country? <laughs> I said, no, it's 60th street. He goes, well, I'm sorry. We don't deliver none past 48th. Like you that's a at mile 48? away. <laughs> it's one mile. I was like, I'll meet you at 48th. If you will and click. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, non people who don't live in the country don't realize, don't even understand what we're talking about. Because like it's where Jemmy lives, she could get the any, she can get the finest gourmet steak delivered to her house. Right? We we've got nothing except for now we get public, so I don't have to go to the grocery store. And it's a nice oh horse God. lady that delivers it in her Volvo. Does she way. have like saddle pads in the back? <laughs> she said, "You guys have horses." So this like is the second hair. week in a row. I, I, by the way, I gave her a good tip because I figured she's going out there shopping for me. She can have a good tip. I don't have to go. We uh, don't go way out there in the country. <laughs> like uh, you come within a mile. I will give you $5 extra to come. And I couldn't even get in that. I would love to have uh, pizza delivered out here. I, I think we'd be eating pizza all the time. If we get pizza delivered actually. I just miss, I just miss uh, ever since I've lived in Oklahoma, we haven't had a pizza delivery. And and I mean, I buy like the organic stuff from Sprouts and put it in there. It's just not the same. It's Sometimes not the same. you just want like an oil pit. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still cooking good food, but it ain't the same as somebody else cooking good food in a restaurant where there's other people. 
Oh yeah, it's not the same. All right, uh, I have a I have a couple of things, housekeeping. Things. I'm sorry, by the way, if I offended any other, if I offended anybody, they're not listening anymore. Uh, Jennifer but. at HorseRadioNetwork.com gets all yeah. complaints. All right, so uh, yesterday, big announcement in the podcasting world: Apple hit one million podcasts. What does that mean? One million. Like people have there are one million different shows, or yes. there's one. One million different, different shows. shows. Now, about 30% of them are active. In other words, they've done an episode within the last 90 days. And it's interesting because 50% of those one million have less than 10 episodes. So they're either new or they faded or whatever. Uh, I find that really irritating when I find a podcast yes. and there's like four episodes. I that- totally agree with you. And they haven't published one in five years and it's still there. I agree with you. And they're trying to figure out a way maybe to alleviate that. But I don't know. They haven't done that yet. So anyway, that was the exciting podcasting news. Um, in May, because we're not going to see any shows now. Shows are being canceled through June and into July at this point. So really, not much is going to happen between now and then. So I was thinking that we could do some theme weeks in May here on Horses in the Morning. And I put out a vote on the auditor page if they wanted to do a listener week. And we had like 50 people emailed Jennifer. So the first week of May is going to be listener week. We're going to just meet a bunch of our listeners and a bunch of our auditors. And that's going to be who our guests are that week. So that should be fun. Uh, we're also looking for ideas for the rest of the weeks in May. One of the ideas that came up was uh, kind of an independent horsey artists week where we meet people who make stuff at home that you can buy right now, help support the small independent artists. That was one of the ideas. Uh, I would love to have other ideas if you could send them to me at glenn at horseradionetwork.com for, uh, you know, like think shark week only in the horse world. Uh, so if you have any ideas, do send them to me. I'd love Ooh, to. Ooh, I just got the Charlie Maxey book. Do you know who the, Charlie Maxey no. is? Mm-mm. He does those drawings of, with the horse and the boy and the fox and the little mole. It, it, anyway, Char- Google Charlie Maxey. Oh, my God. The book made me cry. I want to talk to this Charlie Maxey. Oh, my God. Well, amazing. I think if we do, Fox. like Independent Artists Week, we could have authors. We could have artists. Author. All yeah. kinds of people who make crafts, you know, whatever, you know? This book, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, I think that'd be great. So, all right, well then, let's put that down. Let's put Independent Artist Week as one of the ideas. Uh, But then we want you. Yes, because um, the etched wine glass that one of our listeners made and did a drawing of Zeus, uh, I I use that every day. Even for for not even for wine. Like, I put everything in it. <laughs> I just carry it around. See, it's that kind of people I want to highlight is people who are doing stuff in their homes and, you know, are out there still doing it even though nobody else is working. So I think that would be fun. All right. That one's sold. And now we need two more weeks. So send me some ideas. Tonight at Live at 5, I'll be back doing a couple of those this week. Not every day anymore. Uh, but one of the most re- requested ones we've had is we're having a lawyer on to talk about wills. And planning. Uh, oh, that's uplifting. Well, we, this is the one we've had to request. I did a, get this, I did a poll on the auditor page. 68% of our auditors that responded do not have a will. So I think it's important that we take a look at that at this point. And he's going to talk about it as it specifically applies to horse people. One of the things that horse people have a big problem with is what do you do with their horses? If you don't have somebody in your family that could take them, what, and a lot of people avoid getting wills because they don't know what to do with their horses. And believe me, you don't want them sold uh, by your relatives after to whoever comes along. 
you know, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight at Live at 5. That'll be on the Horses in the Morning and the Horse Radio Network page. It'll be a Facebook Live. Also, there is an equestrian, virtual equestrian trade show going on right now on Facebook to help the small businesses that are affected by uh, by not being open right now or, or not being able to have... Uh, most of these end up being vendors that go to horse shows. They're really hurting right now. The ones who are the, have exclusive mobile units that only go to horse shows. So it's called. It's on Facebook.com slash Virtual Equestrian Trade Show. They have different posts. They're doing Facebook Lives. It's kind of fun and interesting over there right now. So check that out. And uh, it, it, these are people that usually go to Equine Affair or Midwest Horse Fair or th- Kentucky Three-Day Event, which, by the way, I was supposed to be riding right now. I was supposed to be on the coast of Florida heading into Daytona Beach right now, riding on my week off on the beach. And you were supposed to be heading toward Rolex this week or Land Rover this Land week. Land Rover, three-day yeah. event. Yeah, so Do you want to make that your first uh, equestrian first world problem? Uh, that is not an equestrian first world problem because that is just a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second <laughs> Although it does go with the disclaimer, if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. Yeah, being able to travel to a horse show like that and eat out every night and stay at a nice hotel, that counts as a question. Yeah, but I'm not going... So it's a, not a first word. It's like ju- just a real, real problem. problem. <laughs> I've been going to Rolex Land Rover since I was a kid. Um, well, you're not missing it this year, technically. That's true. I'm not going to be glued to my computer watching it like I was the weekend. They my are dad having to get married to his second wife on Rolex a weekend. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? How do you not know that I leave town this whole time? So I got to miss one for my father's stupid wedding because I knew it wasn't going to work out anyway. And they were like married for like three months and I can't believe I missed a Land Rover Rolex back then any because for that of a stupid <laughs> wedding to some I did hear okay. they're going to do a virtual thing, though, over on their page, over on the uh, Kentucky Three Day Event page. They're going to, I think they're going to replay past years or something. Maybe they could replay 2013. That, or, I'm sorry. No, it was 2009. Could you replay 2009? You've been I, holding this for 11 years. It might be longer than that. Like <laughs> <be> 2006. <laughs> I don't know. I blocked that whole time out of my brain. Okay. All right. Let's get to some real problems here. Well, real first world problems. Remember, these are posted by our auditors. You cannot make these things up. These people actually want me to share them with you. We'll start with Claire. Who says, I'm not working thanks to COVID, which means I'm way behind on HITM. I usually listen on my 90-minute commute. Well, that's perfect because our show's usually 90 minutes, so um, this COVID thing oh, is yeah, a problem. That's for not forgivable. Only. You should find time. I'm not forgiving her for that one. That is that is a first-world problem because it affects us. So You know what's going to happen? She's going to hear this in four months, so it doesn't really matter. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> um, Can you? Okay, so you're listening to this four months from now. You better damn well have caught up by now. Uh, Claire, you're in super trouble. You were in so much trouble back in April. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Lindsay says the weather was so beautiful, but I hurt my back and I couldn't ride. Man up, Lindsay, get on. <laughs> um, Jill, this is funny. Jill's actually been hanging on to this one for a while and she's pretty frustrated with it. My Citron Lemieux Pony Polo Wraps aren't even close to being yellow-green. They're minion yellow, and I paid full price plus shipping fee from the UK. Ugh. 
Send them over. That's Scooter's color is bright yellow. So send them over. We got got you covered. Do you know how much Cit- uh, Lemieux stuff is, <laughs> Glenn? You may want to. That's why I want them to send it over. I didn't say I was going to pay for them. I said oh, just send them yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could put them online and sell them. <laughs> but either way. Why are they so uh, much, by the way? Because they have to pay for the name to Lemieux. <laughs> I don't know. Because their stuff is really nice. I don't know. I don't have any. I can't afford them. Um, Carrie says, so it's getting warmer and frequently sunny, but it's not Carrie. Let me just start by saying, I get it. I am struggling. The struggle is real. It's getting warmer and it's frequently sunny, but it's not warm enough for my summer breaches and my winter breaches are too warm. <laughs> so like, I guess I need to go like online shopping, get some There's spring breaches. There's a question for a problem please, for you. <laughs> please tell me what the best spring breaches are because spring and fall, because I seriously have winter breaches and I have like tight breaches and um, the tights, are, they let wind right through them and you freeze to death. And then the winter ones, my butt is all sweaty. I can't take it. Let me know. I need spring fall breaches people. Um, Kristen says uh, that she got, you know, her stimulus check. um, And so she can finally afford to buy a new saddle, but I can't ride to test them out. Hang on to that money, girl. This has got to end soon. (laughs) Chantel says, I want to text my friend to arrange a date to go driving our ponies next weekend. But I don't know if my ponies new hoof boots will be here yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, now this is another Chantel who actually posted right next. Um, I waited too late to check out on my Dover order and I missed out on the free saddle pad on a $75 order. And then I had to settle for free gloves on the $75 order. And I probably have more than like a dozen pairs of riding gloves. <laughs> you got to work quick, man. <laughs> Leslie says, that I am toilet a te- paper. You have to order quick. <laughs> got to get it quick. <laughs> I'm a teacher and home all the time, and uh, I thought I could get time to at least brush my horse, but I'm working more than I was when I was school teaching, and my horses are being neglected, and the weather's been crappy, and I, when did I get a chance to go out? Like today, Mother Nature's evil viruses and horrible weather are the worst. I wondered about teachers. I wonder if this is harder for them. It's got to be. I'm pretty sure that Lucas's first grade teacher is dancing in the street, <laughs> mostly nude right now. That's what I would guess. <laughs> I mean, she just got hired like four months ago, got this new class and like, see you guys. Peace <laughs> out. Meta says my husband was so nice and bought shavings for my stalls, but now I have to brush shavings out of my horse's tails. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary says I keep some of my riding stuff in my garage because it's like horse funky. Um, but the barn is closed, and now every time I open the garage, it smells like horses. Ugh. And it gives me a major case of the sads. <laughs> and her husband complains about it every time. <laughs> there's a barn. I, all the barns over here are closed, and there's one barn that has, like, three borders, and they won't let anybody come. Like, my friend left her trailer there. She's like, can I at least come pick up my trailer? They're like, no! We're not going to see anybody. We're just going to drive in and Hook I mean, up our yeah, trailer and could, drive uh, out. You could be six feet away and still get your trailer. No, yeah. they said no. Um, Kimberly says I sold a girth online within hours of listing listing it, and now I wonder if I sold it too cheap, and the money went into our bank account, so I can't squirrel it away for future horse stuff. That's I, been an eBay issue for twenty years. <laughs> we, we we listed our house in Arizona, and like a billion people came and saw it. And the first person that saw it made an offer. I was like, dang it, Chad. <laughs> 
It's you true. It has been an auction issue for many years. <laughs> Cynthia has a DQ FWEP, which is a dressage queen first world equestrian problem. Oh, they're the I, worst problems. I mean, this is the worst. I bought my first shed belly on March 15th because my trainer and I thought I could debut at pre-St. George PSG this year. And wow. it is so beautiful. But I'm afraid... There are never going to be dressage shows again until after my mare is too old. She already just turned 18. <laughs> and, you know, there's not a lot of other places to wear one of those, to be honest. It's true. You can't, <laughs> you can't like, you can't pull that off. Maybe Comic-Con, store. but that's even canceled. So. <laughs> <laughs> Say your name is Harley Quinn. Dye her hair yeah, and wear shed right. belly. Like, I, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, Haley <laughs> says, we have a ton of money saved up and I want to spend it on my new horse. Oh, God. Okay, Haley. I'm pretty sure you could get out of this marriage. If you just give me a call, I'll call some people for you. (laughs) We have a ton of money saved up and I want to spend it on a new horse, but my husband wants to spend it all on guns, guns on red dead redemption. Uh, That's a video video game. game? Uh, -uh. no, Haley. no, you know, I do play one video game and I am proud to say that I've never spent a dime on it and I've played it for a year. Oh, Lucas wants Robux. So can we please have some Robux? And I'm like, uh, no, you're never ever going to get that. I can tell the temptation, though. The temptation is I play World of Tanks, and the temptation is to buy the bigger, better tank. And I just decided I was going to be better with the crappier tank. And I am. So there. Elite, send me an email that just says something about your horse's hoof. And then that means I know you're not safe. And if you if you send something like that, I'll know. Like I need to come find you. Um, Colleen says my horse is going really, really well at the moment, but I can't have my friends film it because of social distancing. <laughs> you need to I buy one it. of those things. What's it called, Jamie? Pixio. Pixio. I I I'm I bought one and Does it I'm work? it it's uh, I bought it used from my retired racehorse radio co-host, and it's just like. It's just technologically very difficult. And now I have to buy a um, tripod. You need a tripod, right? uh, There's a whole lot of other stuff that goes with it that I don't have. So I'm I'm working on it. Kathleen says the wind was so strong. I couldn't practice mounted archery. Girl, that's a problem. Don't shoot anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie knows a little about that. (laughs) Yeah. Have you shot the bow and arrow since? Oh, yeah. We shoot all the time. And, you know. We, well, we're bored. So we b- busted out the bows and arrows. And I realized that when I'm standing on the ground shooting, I cannot hit the target for the life of me. So I climbed up on top of the um, tornado shelter and I shoot at the target. And I hit it every time. <laughs> I'm not, I can't shoot from like regular ground. I did not learn how to do that. That's what Tammy <laughs> says. She's a mounted shooter and she said she can't hit anything standing on the ground. Oh, really? No, she said she can't hit anything. And she's got like 150 world titles. But she said on the ground, when I'm not moving, I can't hit anything. I know. I'm like, you just stand here and shoot like right in front of you. And I I shot my trailer, my horse trailer. (laughs) Did it stick? Yeah. It it did? did. Oh, yeah. Disaster. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. It's still, it's a. Is that a point of contention? (laughs) I know because he doesn't know yet. Let's not talk about it. Did you put a, sti- a horse radio network sticker over it? Oh my god, that's a great idea. I'll send, send one you one. <laughs> <laughs> he he broke my trailer window with a golf ball. Okay. Oh well, then you're even. Yeah, I'm yeah. just waiting for him to find it though. I don't need to start that draw. Um, you can't put a sticker over that one. 
<laughs> no, he put duct tape over it, and then I drove, and the whole thing shattered. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, let me see here. How are we doing on time? A couple minutes. Um, yeah, we got time my, for two more. My husband came to the, Stephanie says my husband came to the was keeping on the husband thing. He came to the barn with me. Yay! But now he knows really how long it takes to clean the stalls. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Man, it just takes her six hours to clean the stalls. I don't know. I feel bad. Somebody should go help her. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Cool. Um, Charlotte says, I've been horse shopping for two years, and I just uh, bought a mare. Yes. Congratulations to Charlotte. She's our buddy over here in Ocala, and she's, she truly has been shopping for a long time. She's a para rider, so it's a little more difficult, and she rides like Grand Prix level. So she had to find the perfect horse, and this is a huge gray horse. It's beautiful. Oh, well, she can't ride it now because of the COVID. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that she even has it yet. I think it's still uh, still being transferred over. But Charlotte, I'm just going to be so happy for you. I'm very excited. Kate, Katie said that she bought a head stall that she loves on eBay. And it was like such a good price, too. But she had already bid on two other head stalls that she doesn't love as much. And so now she might get all three. I know. You can't like cancel your bid because you get something nicer. <laughs> all right. Let's... Uh... That's the end of Equestrian First World Problems. I know there's many more, but... Oh, uh, I could just keep going. I know, we could spend the whole show doing this. (laughs) People are really stressed out right now. This might not come as a surprise, but your horse gets stressed out too. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather, or their everyday surroundings. Travel causes horses stress, just like in humans, and even simple diet changes. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse. This might also come as a surprise, but you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day. By lowering the levels of stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, performance, and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Chemin.com slash Chromium EQ. I'd like to welcome our first guest to the show, Kitty Lauman, who is with the Wild Mustang Mentoring Program. I don't think that I could think of a better mentor for children then a Mustang and call me crazy, but obviously Kitty agrees. Hey, Kitty, good morning. Good morning, Jamie. How are you this morning? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us what the Wild Mustang Mentoring Program is. Well, it was something that I came up with a few years ago. I had a friend who was rescuing a bunch of um, wild orphans off of an Indian reservation, and she was rehoming them. And she ended up having uh, about six of them that didn't have a home, and it was coming into Christmas. And I told her I had this harebrained idea that if she could give me the foals and supply the hay to feed them, I'd find kids to to work with them, and I'd teach them how to gentle them. And then those kids would have the opportunity of adopting those babies and becoming a lifelong partner with them. And so that's how it kicked off. And um, we literally had wild babies arrive and I did some advertising and talking to some friends that I already knew. And I had six kids jump on board. Um, 
excuse me, one of them wasn't able to continue. And so my son gentled, finished gentling that one and we rehomed it, but the other five kept their babies and um, most of them still have them today, which is three years, almost four years later and uh, are riding them and doing fantastic with them. So these aren't BLM horses. These are res horses, the horses off the reservation. The first year was, and the second year was, but then they cut down on the numbers they had. So the last two years, including this year, um, have been uh, the BLM from Burns Corrals in Oregon. Oh my gosh, what a cool thing. Uh, So what is your background with horses? Well, I grew up uh, working horses. My granddad was Uh, You could say uh, a horse whisperer in his own right before it became popular. In the 1930s, he developed a bamboo pole technique of gentling a wild horse um, using a pole as an extension of your arm so you could pet him from a distance. And then, of course, horses love to be petted, so it didn't take very long for them to really enjoy the scratching from the pole. And then they learned that we were not their enemy and he could work his way up the pole until he was petting him. And uh, it's a technique that, you know, I said he's been using since the 30s. And I grew up um, working with him doing that. And he used to do demos with wild horses or take in horses that people could, couldn't handle or couldn't control or, or was wild and crashy. And so I learned from him and have spent my entire life uh, working with horses, with the Mustangs being my main um, horse for many years. Where are you in the country? So I am located in Prineville, Oregon, which is um, just about exactly center of Oregon. So we're high desert. We're not the rainy area. Okay, gotcha. So when when your friend was like, hey, I've got all these babies and I don't have homes for them. What on earth made you go, I'll find you some children to work with the, I mean, what a genius idea. Cause they're obviously going to fall in love with them and they're going to have to adopt them. And parents are going to like, never hear the end of it. If they don't adopt them, genius. <laughs> How did you put all that together so quickly? Well, I train horses as my main occupation. And, um, I did, uh, I've been working with the BLM horses for a long time, including doing a pilot program through the BLM back in 99, where we took in, Uh, It ended up being a total of 36 older, um, unadoptable Mustangs is what they were considered, but their average age was eight and nine. Uh, Our oldest was 14. (laughs) And uh, so we had built a facility to handle, you know, wild horses that were crashy. And so everything was set up to where I could move horses easily from one point to another without having to, um, you know, overstressed them and stuff. So I had a, a corral connected to all my stalls and I thought, you know, I can do this. And I worked with kids for years and my own kids, you know, can have helped me in the past and stuff. And I just thought it would be fun. And I had a couple kids that I knew couldn't afford to buy a nice horse. And so I thought, you know, this might be a chance for them to be able to do uh, their own training, to learn a lot and then have that horse they always dreamed of owning. I, I think it's great. I think the biggest challenge is to have the facility to do it because not everybody has a facility to gentle a wild Mustang. But what are yeah. some of the changes that you saw in the children? Oh, you know, the changes in the children were amazing. Um, even the parents talked about how 
their kids went from being a little shy or a little um, fearful of just life. And they said in working these horses, they said they just saw their kids blossom. Um, they went literally from being so shy, they didn't really have any friends to saying, hey, mom, you know, these guys seem to like me. I, I have friends now. And, and they totally attribute it to the horses, oh, uh, building their confidence and, and letting them realize that, you know, you've got a, a anywhere from a 50 pound to a hundred pound kid controlling this, this baby horse. And they've seen them from afraid to becoming their buddy and they're teaching them, they're encouraging them. And then they feel that, you know, gee, it'd be nice if I had this encouragement kind of thing, but it just, it kind of encourages them also to try when they see the results of these babies and watching the kids' faces light up when they get them to do something that they've been working on or the first time they pet them or the first time the baby sniffs them. I mean, they just, they're just smiles all the way around and it's just been an amazing opportunity. And of course, gentling a horse correctly, you don't get a bucking horse. And so when they did go to ride them, I mean, to see their faces going, I rode him. I'm, I'm the first one. I'm the only one. I, you know, I mean, they're just, they're just elated with this ability that they've done. And I just have opened up my place and, and uh, I charge very little just to keep, you know, food on the <laughs> for the horses and the facility. And the kids just have I said totally blossomed. Several of them have taken them through fair or little local horse shows and are just, I said, it's amazing how they've just come out of a shell and are just so ecstatic and so excited about the, the things they've been able to accomplish with their babies. I'm so proud of you and for coming up with that and for jumping right in and doing it. Where can people learn more? Kitty, you're amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I'm, I have a Facebook page. I'm still working on getting my uh, my website back up and going because um, I know horses. I don't know computer work. You're all uh, but uh, I've been doing a Facebook page. Um, you can look up Kitty Lawman, and then um, I have Lawman Training, and I've just done a an offshoot of it of uh, the Wildfoal. Uh, I think I called it Wild Foals and Kids Program. And so you can definitely look us up on Facebook and the internet. Fantastic. Kitty, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck in the future. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us if we can help you up with anything. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for having me on this morning. And good luck to you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's cool. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. <laughs> Children and baby mustangs is like the greatest thing ever. Do you think you think I think that's probably the time to do it too, right? I mean, because you know, you don't really want to probably do that with a four or five year old that's not been touched. Here, a uh, seven year old child get together with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, as a foal, like, what a cool idea. What a cool idea. And just the pride that they must feel and just putting that first touch on them or putting that halter on them. I just, it's awesome. Very cool. And boy, the, the technique she was talking about basically is what, what you do at Monty's, right? With yeah, the hand we on the stick. A, a, the, the, the glove on a stick. And that's a lot of times how you touch their legs and touch their feet and pick up their feet. Yeah, it was very similar. So very her similar. grandfather was back doing that in the thirties, which was unheard of then. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That was you just, you know, back then you just, well, and still you just rope them. Yeah. Yeah, but that's cool that they that you, that 
now we have evidence that there were, were people doing it back then. You know, that's, that's kind of awesome. neat. Uh, so uh, one of the things uh, we need to do is take a listen to WinTech, uh, one of our terrific sponsors. And we're going to come back. we got to get caught up on Jamie's horses. Lord knows I I can't keep track anymore. I can't keep track anymore. anymore. It's been adopted out. And Anyway. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, Wintech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And Wintech doesn't sit on their laurels. 2019 brings even more innovation to the saddle range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. She got to ride in that Wintech saddle yesterday. We were able to take the ponies out and go around the neighborhood. It was so interesting. We had we live in a equestrian neighborhood here in Ocala, and we had a pandemic traffic situation going on. So we went out for about an hour. We saw uh, three people out riding horses, one carriage, a flock of turkeys, and one car in that entire time. Whoa, that is intense. Yes, traffic. I know. It's amazing, How'd you huh? make it? <laughs> that was what happens in an equestrian community during a pandemic. You actually, one thing I am seeing is a lot more people outside than I've ever seen before. I don't know if you're noticing that or if you get out at all, but we are noticing people out in their yards actually doing stuff. And that, I've, you never see that. So that's been, I actually saw children out playing in the yard. That I, wow. I mean... We, 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 as parents, we force our child to go outside, so. You got really quiet on us again, Jamie, so you oh. might have to redo whatever. Um, I, is this any better? That's a little better, yeah. I don't know what I did. I didn't do anything. I know, your, um, your computer's just feeling quiet. And I also wanted to, t- before we get to, we have Megan coming up from Equitana, which is, everybody's praying happens so that uh, they can get to go to some horse event this year. And then also, uh, we're here about Jamie's horse. But I want to thank everybody who reached out to us. Uh, we had a loss in the family, and that's why we weren't here. Uh, but uh, so I wanted to thank everybody, all the people who reached out. That was very nice. We even got some cards from some of you, uh, some of the listeners. So uh, thank you so much for the cards. We appreciated that, too. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about horses. You, I don't know. What do you, what do you got right now? I don't <laughs> well, it, last time we spoke, I had a horse named Flying Orphan and a horse named Smashbox. Flying Orphan was a like 16 three-hand gelding, and Smashbox was a 15 three-hand mare. And uh, I'd like to report Smashbox just got adopted. And she is just lovely. She she was really nervous and really didn't stand still and really didn't like somebody on the mounting block. And we worked on all that to where I was in my very sad, non-athletic, crippled way, running up the mounting block and jumping on her back. And she just would stand completely still for it. So I was pretty pleased with how things turned out for her. Uh, Flying Orphan 
it did not work out as well for him because Smashbox was tired of him sniffing her hoo-ha and she kicked him. <laughs> uh, so he is back recovering and he'll come back when he is uh, he's all better from his kick. It's funny. I called the the rescue and I was like, oh, man, I texted her. I was like, man, Smashbox, the mayor kicked the gelding. And her response is, girl power. <laughs> God, that's what happens when you have 48 that's a woman horses that's seen it all <laughs> yeah she's seen it all um so so flying orphan will come back when he's ready uh smashbox was adopted and now i have two horses one named beck and so i decided i was like no more mares and geldings together because they have to trailer together they have to be yeah, in the paddock together so I'm like, all geldings are all mares. So we had two geldings this time. Uh, economic impact is one of them. Oh, How that's about appropriate that for, for now. <laughs> right? <laughs> economic impact is a super sweet, sweet, sweet uh, 15 three-hand gelding uh, chestnut. Got some chrome. Re- I really think he'd make a nice hunter. He has an old bow, but he, I kind of put it to the test, and he is fine. He is completely sound. Uh, and then I've also got a horse named Beck, who's a very sporty, kind of short, compact horse. And somebody asked me to ride him Western in a video. Uh, so I did. So you can see my sad attempt at riding Western on my 400-year-old um, <laughs> Western saddle that I had to dust off. I mean, I had like, I did mud dauber nests. We need Wintech to send stuff. you a new Western saddle. Oh, <laughs> uh, this one is a Wintech. That's how long they last. <laughs> is this one is probably the first one they ever rolled off. Twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we got a Western saddle. Yeah, so it's pretty sad. Uh, but that is what I used. Um, so I I got on and rode Western a little bit, and so he's got to get more more time. He's a little uh, darty, but uh, the person who's interested in him is interested in him in a play as a play day horse, mm-hmm. and they they live in Texas, and play day is like all the it's like Jim Connor, just kind of games and stuff. And stuff too. Yeah, yeah, so he'll is actually the first thing I thought of. He would probably be pretty good at. So, you know, I just try to find these guys the place where they should go. And be with the people they should be with. Like Smashbox. I was like, somebody with children adopt this horse. She is so good with Lucas. She's great with just really a tolerant horse of her surroundings. And um, once she decided to relax, oh my gosh. And guess who adopted her? Somebody with three children. And she's going to be their family horse like in their backyard. Oh my God, it's perfect. She's going to live two doors down. There's a person that boards horses two doors down from them. So you're able to walk down and see their horse. It just worked out perfect. What's the nickname for Smashbox? I called her Smashbox. (laughs) (laughs) But it's to the point now where I call all the geldings are dude and the the mares are lady. Dude and lady. I gotta go ride the lady and then I'm gonna get on the dude. Uh, but now I've got dude, dude and dude. One and dude, so two. <laughs> dude one and dude two. The chestnut dude and the bay dude. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm doing. And I'm only saying that because I have been gifted with this grant that came from the ASPCA. Gave a grant to Horse and Hound Rescue Foundation for them to uh, a certain amount of money for them to spend on training these horses. Because the the thought is that if the horses are seen being ridden, they're much more likely to be adopted, which is absolutely the case. It has now been proven because I think out of like 17 out of 20 that I've taken in training have been adopted. Yeah, And it's just because you've given them the confidence. I've worked out the kinks. I've worked out a fan base too. I mean, that's helped. 
social media is amazing. The little Smashbox, she's getting adopted by somebody in Tulsa because somebody saw my video and sent it to somebody else who sent it to her. Yeah. She's like, I don't even know how I got it. But uh, we've been looking for a horse. And so social media is great. Sharing of posts is amazing. That's really helpful. Um, it's I wouldn't call it a fan base. I just I just think that people in this time right now really want a horse. I, I can't sell a damn horse, but I can I was get, gonna you say, know, you still have that one for sale. <laughs> I have, I have like three that are going to go on the market this week. <laughs> so um, Chad's like, we need less horses. Like, yes, I do know that, but you adopted the last one. It's your fault. <laughs> um, but I am thinking of doing some clinics too. Um, I, I, I've, got, I've talked to Debbie uh, Monty's daughter about uh, a couple of them. And I have some people that would like to bring their horse here for a week. So once I don't live in this tiny home that, that I can have this as a bunkhouse, it's not fancy. Don't get excited. It's just cinder block walls that you can sleep in. And then well, uh, I will. in the yard. That's true. And it beats, you know, spending $200 on a hotel room. So there's that. Um, the other thing I've been thinking about is doing a, because I kind of am in the midst of it right now. Part of taking these horses that come off the track and that are at a rescue is you a big part of it is assessing what they know and what they don't know. <clears throat> a lot of people just go, I don't understand why you just don't throw this saddle on them and go, uh, because what happens if this horse, uh, has been hit and whipped on the left side and you go to throw the saddle up and that horse freaks out and kicks. There's just so many factors of things that happen to these horses, either in their race career. A lot of these horses don't come from the best and most knowledgeable and educated trainers. I mean, look at baby Groot. He was sedated for everything. So I had to teach him how to pick up his feet and how to be in a trailer. He, I mean, the trainer actually told me we gave him dorm for everything. So a lot of these horses don't know anything. And um, this horse now that came to me, economic impact, he was bred in Kentucky, sold for a ton of money, went into training as a two-year-old and boat attendant. So never raced. So it was bad economic impact for that owner. Well, yeah, bad economic impact, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, he uh, who knows how much he knows? He wasn't on the track long enough to really understand what riding is and what the, what all those things are. So he's coming along really nice. But anyway, so I was thinking about doing a clinic um, where we, like, retraining, assessing and retraining the OTTB or the rescue and the rescue horse. Like, taking a horse... I, like I'll have um, rescues from around, like send us five horses and I'll bring five people out and we can assess these horses and see what they know and how much they've done and what they've been through and then how to proceed and go about training them. Like there's some horses, one of the ones, um, what is his name? I forget. Beck, the ch the bay that's here. If you wave, if you jump up and down on his right side, he does not care. You jump up and down on his left side, wave your arms around, just move your arm too fast. He spins around and turns and faces you. Like he will not let you near his right hip. And the reason is, and the assessment part of it, Glenn, is are most people right-handed or left-handed? Right, yep. So when they're standing with a whip, where are they going to hit the horse? Mm -hmm. Right on that right hip. And I, I you cannot get you guys. them for that matter. Yeah, but on the ground, too, to get him to move over, to get him to move off. They, yeah, whip him on the right side. And horses 
don't forget. I swear they have better. I don't know. I'm not familiar with elephants, but people say elephants never forget. Horses never forget. You just have to replace those bad memories with better memories. So, but it's always in there. Every time you do something to a horse that introduces pain or fear or aggression, they will not forget it. And so that's why these gentle methods of like the lady with the touching them with a stick, if you wave, you roped that baby and snubbed it to a post to get a touching, you think that thing's ever going to try trust you? No. So you've got to overcome these. So assessment assessment is a huge part of getting a off the track thoroughbred or a rescue horse. So that's one clinic I really want to do. I think that'd be fun. And I think you'll have people that want to do it. If you want to do that clinic, send me an email, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you'd have to come here, but I provide a place for you to stay and we can figure it out. I don't know when I'm going to do it. I don't know anything. I'm just coming up with ideas, brainstorming. Right so. now. <laughs> right, right now on the show. As I'm talking. No, I talked about this. I've already worked on it a little bit. I have to come up with, you know. Some things. And I, I also could do a join up. I've had a lot of people. I've been doing a lot of consulting online, Glenn, during this whole thing. I know because uh, you had to put me on as an administrator on your Facebook page when we did the Monty thing. And mm-hmm. uh, God, you get a lot of messages. I was like, Jamie, please take me off. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. People send me a lot of videos. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing some online consulting. People are paying me, Glenn, to send me videos of training. I only charge them if I help them which so far we're doing pretty good, but I, I did have to send a video to Monty. <laughs> See, I've got the big guy if we need it. Okay. He has Is to he still uh, cooped up at home? Is he still? Yes. Yeah. It's the perfect time if you have a training problem <laughs> <laughs> and it's really crazy. So yeah, we, uh, so they can, um, if they have a, a question or they want to hire you for some co- consultation, they just do that through yeah, your Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so you can go to flyover farm, Jamie Jennings, certified Monty Roberts instructor, Facebook page, just type in flavor farm. I'm sure it'll come up and you, you can talk to me about some stuff. Yeah. I, I charge like the price of a, a riding lesson. And this is the first time in 10 years, other than selling the occasional horse that I've ever heard Jamie promote herself. It's been one of my pet peeves for years and years and years. Uh, this I just is like the to first help. time you ever did that. Oh, thanks. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I just, I actually am having fun helping people. It's really cool. Like it's really fun to a lot of these people that have adopted some of the horses that come from horse and hound. They're wondering what to do for the next step. And I get to talk to them and uh, I'm helping a lady that lives like 10 hours away. It's just really, really fun. So I am enjoying it. It's fun. Very good. Well, you know what else is fun is getting out of the house and going someplace like Kentucky. Uh, Oh, stop. Why are you rubbing it in right now? (laughs) Well, because that's who we're going to talk to next. We're going to talk to to Megan, who is the executive director of, or event director of Equitana USA. And she's become a friend here over the period of time we've had discussions. I will get to Kentucky this year. (laughs) If there a Land Rover happens or not, I'm going to Equitana. I will be there. You're not going to go to uh, Maryland for the Five Star in the fall event? I need Kentucky Garden. So we're going to give Megan a call and see what's going on and what the plans are. Are they still happening? Hi, Megan. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Good. Jamie's here, too. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Jamie. Please do not tell me bad news. I can't handle bad news on the the weekend. I'm supposed (laughs) to be in Kentucky. You better say I can still come to Aquatana. Yes, yes. So we are full steam ahead. Um... It is only April 20th, so of course, 
you never know, tomorrow the world could be totally different, which we experienced a couple months ago when everything seemed great. Land Rover was coming up, Bitcoin Affair, all this good stuff. And then all this stuff happened. So, but yes, positive news all around for Equitana. September is looking good. Um, the Kentucky Horse Park, we're in talks with all the time, of course. They're looking, from what I've heard, to reopen early June, which is positive. And so far with uh, U.S. Equestrian, I haven't heard anything other than them. Their last update was May 3rd. So it's only two weeks from now, but um, all positive news, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So do you still have people buying tickets and vendors? I bet you the vendors want to come this year because they they can't go to anything else. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, um, yep, we still have people buying tickets. We've actually instituted a new policy for our tickets. They're absolutely risk-free now, and it's on our website. And um, so basically, if you purchase a ticket and, God forbid, something happened, the event was postponed, your ticket would either just roll over or you could process a refund. So whatever is best for our attendees, but tickets are steam ahead also. Does that include all the people who bought them previous? Because I know a lot of our listeners have already bought their hotels and their tickets and all that. Yeah, yeah. So of course, um, you work with the connections and the hotels directly, but they've been, of course, open to doing everything they can to make, God forbid, again, something happen. You feel safe now getting your hotel, getting your ticket. Um, so again, full steam ahead. So we hope everyone's out there buying tickets and fingers and toes crossed that we'll be together to celebrate in September. Um, in the world of exhibitors, we've also changed our policy just in case to make it a little easier for people to stomach since it's April and there's a lot of unknowns. We're doing, um, if we read exhibitions who produces Equitana cancel or postpone the event, exhibitors cancel at 100% refund. If we postpone, um, it's up to them whether they want to roll over their payments to the new date or they can request a refund, which we'll also do. But again, we've been to a lot of people and they're all really positive. And hearing the policy that we've instituted, they're like, this is amazing. Thank you. It really helps settle, settle our thoughts and our worries a bit. But we've getting contract signed. People are still reaching out. They're With the way of business now, it's slow and it's hard and we're here to support people. Like we've offered um, to post things on social and any discounts or any um, programs, any vendors are doing, whether they're ours or not, just to support the industry. Um, I come from the equestrian side. I'm an adult amateur. So even outside of the kind of business Equitana world, I know how hard it is with horse shows being canceled and barns being closed and every day business is just so different, but we've done everything that we can to make it, full steam ahead and keep people happy and less than any worries. We have enough going on in our own personal lives to be worried about now. So, so just one other question about, uh, about the show going on. I want to talk to you a little bit about what you have planned for the show, your exhibitors. Cause last time we talked to you, you were still booking all of them. Um, so have you have, I mean, you've been speaking to the Kentucky horse park and I know the governor is involved in the Kentucky horse park and all of that too, with, with opening and stuff. Are we feeling confident from the government side of things? We are. Um, again, I've been talking to the Kentucky horse park frequently and they're still looking at an early June, if not sooner open. Um, the governor came out yesterday and I believe it was yesterday and said they're looking for a 14 day continuous time or a decrease in cases. So again, we're kind of hoping and praying, but um, yeah. overall the Kentucky horse park is really, really positive about reopening. And 
I know Briarfest was postponed to a virtual event, um, which is exciting because no one has to travel for that. And I think traveling and getting on planes might still be a little bit of a concern for people. Um, but other events in June are still on the calendar and going ahead. So as of now, things still look pretty positive all across the board. So we'll see. Good. Uh, so now that uh, you did mention about if you guys postpone, do you have, is there a date still this year that you would look at postponing to, or would it be a next year if you had to? Um, as of right now, we haven't even really talked about postponement dates because September is so far away yeah. that we're the Kentucky horse park and us are still really, really positive on late September because we still have big events like the Derby and Railbird and things that are coming up before our show that they would have to make decisions on beforehand. Um, and also our company read exhibitions is a global event production company. We have events scheduled to start again. Um, I believe it's mid and late July. So it's not just our event that we worry about. We have operations and teams that deal with people across the world on all these events. So we're kept up to speed daily with everything else going on. So we have a lot of events before that, that as long as those go on without a hitch or we kind of learn things about them or what they're being pushed on, that'll ultimately help us make a better decision about our event early on, which is helpful. But as of now, I, like I said, we're all moving ahead. Hopefully, from all of us, we keep saying, hopefully April's the worst, May's on the up and up and June, we're kind of really getting back to business. But again, we really never know. I mean, a couple months ago, this wasn't even a thing. So yeah. Well, let's we'll talk. What happens, but. Let's stop talking about that and start talking about what exhi exhibitors and stuff you have coming. Sure. So right now we have about 160 exhibitors signed on. So we're really excited. Um, we have everyone from, let's say, Benefab or Dubery, um, Equestrian Fashion Outfitters. We have Equitac. We have a lot of the big names, um, Stateline. But we also have a lot of niche brands, which we're really excited about, that you don't typically get to see at some of the other expos, like Cavalli Club um, with their subscription box, uh, Dreamers and Schemers. So we all know about their great socks, but they'll have a booth and you can meet Christy. So that'll be exciting. Um, let's see, the Tag Hack. So Lauren Garvey, who started kind of this consignment shipping business, she'll be there. So another opportunity to kind of either you bring stuff or you get new stuff. Um, Tucker Tweed will be there, Heart Outfitters, Oak Bark and Chrome, Oakland. We have a lot of these like cool brands that we all see kind of on websites, on social and hear them be interviewed, but being able to actually meet the owners and shop their products one-on-one. -on -one, uh, we're really, really excited about that. Well, and then we have a lot of breed associations. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, too, I just was looking at your presenter list, the people who are going to be doing demonstrations and presentations, and you got a couple of hours on there. Uh, uh, so Shauna Koresh, who does uh, Equine Clicker 101, a show on the network, she's going to be there. Christy Landwehr, of course, of the CHA episode, which will be tomorrow on our on Horses in the Morning. Uh, and, and it just goes on and on and on. I'm, I'm looking here, uh, names that uh, our listeners, Laura Graves, uh, they know they know Laura. She's been on the dressage show, uh, Jim Masterson, and just goes oh. And there's going to be a demonstration on mounted archery, which I'm shocked that Jamie has not been asked to help with. Oh uh, yeah, gonna... yeah. I'll be watching. <laughs> I'll be watching that one. <laughs> Actually, Wendy Murdoch also makes regular appearances on uh, the dressage shows. There's a lot of connections here with uh, with with our network. Yeah, they're really out. We're really excited. Um, a lot of people have come to us and then we've reached out to people and 
everyone's really excited. I feel we have kind of a good array, whether no matter what discipline you're in or what level of equestrianism you put yourself in, whether you're a young kid, you want to learn, or you've been doing this forever and ever, and you want to come see some of these great presenters or audit a clinic or ride in a clinic. It really gives everyone in the industry an opportunity to participate. So we're really excited about that. Well, I want to ride in the mounted archery clinic. You should do ah! that. You're, you were fun. good to begin um, okay. with. You'll be great. Uh, yeah, I, so, I, I hit every target in the, in the thoroughbred makeover. Okay. 10 in a row. Oh, <laughs> and she didn't God. kill anybody. So I didn't was... <laughs> shoot one person. That's what, um, so we are like learning a lot about this mounted archery. It wasn't something that really many people on the team were familiar with. And let me just tell you, when we brought it up to our legal counsel, <laughs> they were like, what are you guys doing? Is this real? And we're like, yes. And it's legit. So we can't have a clinic on that one, but we will have demonstrations at least for year one. But you never know. Year oh, two, you know what? kind of. I get it because I was at the horse park and I had to send in because I would be using weapons in my freestyle. <laughs> I had to like <laughs> promise that I would only be pointing downwards and I'd be aiming towards the ground and I'd be aiming towards the inside of the arena. And, like I had to draw diagrams and everything. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want me to murder anybody in the crowd either. So I get it. But I am a trained professional at the Kentucky Horse Park. So if she does need somebody else. You should call me. Yeah, she had one of her great auditors awesome. standing right by one of the things, which I kind of, I thought she was out there to kill our listeners, but she, I she have missed her too. Enough. So. I hit every target. <laughs> Suck it, Glenn. <laughs> a couple other names here. Patrick the Mini Horse. If you guys have not seen those videos, you have to go look at Patrick Mini Horse because Patrick the Mini Horse does unbelievable jumping demonstrations. Endo and, the Blind, too. Talk about amazing demonstrations. Wow. Lindsay I mean, Partridge has a- been on our show <laughs> recently, uh, you know, several times, is going to be there. You got a lot of cool people here doing demonstrations. Laura Graves. Yeah, hello. Really, really oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I'll be auditing that one. I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> when else am I able to see her? Do you know how many people so, are praying this happens now that uh, didn't get to go to Kentucky and things like, you know, didn't get to go this week to Kentucky or hoping to go your week to Kentucky? I know. I know. I'm in the same boat. Like I said, I'm going to question too. I was planning on going to Land Rover and enjoying the cross country and tailgating and seeing everyone and meeting with people. But I mean, it's so sad it didn't happen, but hopefully that means the second half of 2020 and when we're back in 2021, it'll be even better for Land Rover. Now, the last time I went to Equitana, which was in Louisville, um, there was, you know, kind of a day of clinics and shopping and presentations. And I was, I had some kids that I was working with inner city youth and we did a quadrille with Mustangs and it was super fun. But uh, at night there was a big show. Are we going to have, is there going to be a big show on the the Friday and Saturday night? There is actually scheduled for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening. Sunday will be a little earlier to make it easier for the families, but we know a lot of people do like to spend time with their families on Sunday, kind of bring it back to Sundays, relaxing and enjoying each other. So, And hopefully you'll pick up some locals there too. Uh, Some local non-horse people come out for that. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely a show for equestrians and non-equestrians. It's just kind of a neat thing to see in the evening. Um, it'll be called the Equus Evolution. And it basically stems around the relationship throughout all of history between humans and horses. And it's going to take place in the Alltech Arena. Um, it's a separate ticketed event because it is perfect for horse people and non-horse people. And it'll have um, 
big screens and lighting and music and sound. And we have people coming from overseas to present, um, to do some demonstrations and some really, really cool stunt riders and trainers that typically we kind of all love on social media, but don't really get to see in person. So we're really excited that they'll be heading to Kentucky. Can you tell us some names or is this a secret? It's still a secret. We haven't announced it yet. (laughs) (laughs) But um, one of the people coming from overseas does some training for horses that you know and see and love on TV and some of these bigger shows. So just to kind of put the caliber of people out there, they do the horses that you see on TV and in these movies. So, well, and I will say the tickets, of. before we wrap here, the tickets are not expensive. I mean, you're looking at a three-day ticket for uh, $70, a one-day ticket for 27 for adults, 10 bucks for kids. What? Yeah, this is not an expensive thing. Now, the evening shows are more. I don't see the prices here for those. I uh, have the prices. For those premium seats are 60 but they all go all the way down to 30 You go to Cavalia and tell me how much you spend. Those tickets are like $300 <laughs> Go to piece. any Cirque du Soleil, and you're going to spend that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> Easy affordable ticket prices. How are you guys? I don't want to know. I don't want to know how you're making money because you can't be on the tickets. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll spend seventy dollars for, for one day on cross country at uh, at Land Rover. So uh, you know, this is uh, this is very affordable. So very good. It's Equitana. Uh, let me do, what the website again. It's EquitanaUSA.com. EquitanaUSA.com. You got it. And as she said at the beginning, your tickets are refundable. If if this thing gets canceled, you get your money back. You can carry it over to the next year. Uh, So right now, it's a kind of a no-brainer as far as that's concerned. Um, Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. So (laughs) thank you, Megan. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And Enjoy the rest of the day, guys. Megan, I know that Glenn is being a big weenie and he's probably not going to come, but I am still going to come, okay? Don't worry. Yay, we are baby. in this together. <laughs> and she's the important one. So. Perfect. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, girl. All right, we'll talk thanks, to you Megan. soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that second connection was so much better. <laughs> so uh, I, got, I called you a weenie and you just blew right past it. it I awesome. know. I noticed that. Uh, so so that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to chat a little bit after for the auditors. By the way, I, we had a whole bunch of new auditors. People are coming out of the woodwork to help support us at this time. We have lost quite a few sponsors right now. We're on hold for quite a few just because they're not in business. They're not shipping or selling so uh let me give sheila larissa amy adrian avery uh nicola um uh nicole uh tanya joanna robin erica Uh, so just a whole bunch and then a whole bunch of our current auditors have increased their pledges thank you for help and support half that money gets divided amongst the hosts that are the hosts of the horse radio network shows that includes jamie so um, <laughs> she is a host. She's been here a while. I am a host. So, and you know, she sees an increase in her paycheck every week because of you guys. So, thank you for that. If you want to become an auditor, you just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down to the right side of the page, you'll see an auditor banner. And for as little as $3 a month, you can become part of the Cool Kids Club. We do a lot with the auditors and for the auditors, so you'll find them. Also, if you became an auditor recently and haven't gotten an email yet, just go to HRN Auditors on Facebook. The Facebook page is called HRN Auditors. Ask to enter, and you can join the fun that we have in there. 
Tomorrow will be the Certified Horsemanship Association with Christy and Jennifer. One of the presenters at Aquitana. Yeah, apparently. Christy Lana. <laughs> I didn't know about that. So she'll be uh, here tomorrow, and then we'll be here the rest of the week. We'll finally get a really bad ads in on Friday. So uh, get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com, although I imagine a few of those have piled up now. <clears throat> so uh, that'll be happening uh, coming up all week long. We'll have shows for you. And then I think you're recording a retired racehorse radio this week, too. So we'll have a new one of those coming out. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, thanks. Hang around if you're an auditor. All right, spay, neuter, geld. (laughs) 